0: Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
1: Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality?
0: I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with Big Dick Energy. I recently left my successful career and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Hey, guys. Welcome to Currently Cringing. Today, I have a very special guest. She's one of my BFFs. She's picked me up when I was down. She's seen me in the spiral Welcome, Dr. Nancy. Thank you so much for having me, Anisha. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're a queen bee, busy bee, and so you are a psychiatrist. I am. How many of us bother you every day with our questions?
1: Well, if I can't help my own friends, how can I help others, right?
0: That is true. Nancy (laughs) has always been so helpful, and we met in the most hilarious way, of course, we met on a yacht uh, for a friend's birthday party through Vishal Parvani.
1: (laughs) That is true. And it was a very fun five, six hours on a yacht together. And we just connected. And now here we
0: are. Yes. We're like, again, I say this about many of my close friends, soul sisters. We're the same age. And you understand, you know, our struggles and You know, we talked about egg freezing briefly because you're 37, I'm 37, you haven't had kids, you are married, but I wanted to talk about that briefly to get to know you, for the audience to get to know you before we dive into the actual psychiatry of it all. How did you meet your husband, Gaurav, who is also our good friend? So how did you guys meet?
1: So we met at an Indian networking event. I was new to New York, wanted to meet new people, wanted to increase my network. And it was a perfect place to do it. And that's where we met. And that day, uh, the first time I met him, I knew he was the one I was going to marry. So it was very... You knew.
0: (laughs) You just knew. I always ask people that question, like, what made you know? Because everyone has a different story and is looking for something different. How did you know?
1: You just get that feeling, something that you've never had like a connection like that with anyone else that you just kind of know at that time.
0: Yeah. And I feel like we were raised very similarly in that we were raised, I want to say, like men, you know, for our generation, you know, we were taught to be independent and earning your own money. And you were raised like that, too. Correct. Yeah. I was literally raised like a boy. (laughs) My parents raised me, so. Yes. Be
1: strong, independent, and always be able to provide for yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you do. I mean, you guys, Nancy's very modest, but she's a queen. And you're beautiful inside and out, by the way. You're too kind. You're too kind. You need to speak up, Nancy. You're too femme. I sound like a <laughs> blabbering idiot on this podcast. Like, speak up. You're too, you're too kind. I'm you're not fine. one of your patients. All right. <laughs> Yes, so yeah, we're not polite on this podcast. We're cringing.
1: All right, let's cringe further then.
0: (laughs) Nancy is like everything I aspire to be. She's kind of like my mom, Queen Chitra. Like you'll go to Nancy's house and she'll make you chai. It's the most beautiful apartment that she decorated herself. I aspire to be Nancy when I grow up.
1: You too kind, too kind. I swear. (laughs) No, you're like so soft spoken. I'm like, stop it.
0: Say something bad. Yell at me. (laughs)
1: No, seriously, you're one of the wittiest people I know and uh, so fun and so sweet.
0: You're too kind to me. And I wanted to talk about this, too, because I always like to humanize you for the listeners, because it's like seeing your teacher in public. It's like, oh, my God. It's like seeing your doctor in public. Like you have a life.
1: Yes. And, you know, that's one thing that I feel like a lot of people don't realize physicians. You know, we do have lives outside of being physicians. We're helping others. But, you know, we are all human.
0: And, you know, we have our vulnerable sides. Yeah. So speaking of your vulnerable side, we've talked about this. First, it's the pressure to get married and then it's the pressure to have kids. I feel like it's never ending as a psychiatrist who is a human, who's a woman in her I want to say mid 30s but now we're 37 but whatever. We're forever 21. How does it feel for you like to constantly have that pressure of like when are you having kids and everyone asking you that question even though you got married now they're like when are you having kids.
1: Yes and you know it does get very irritating cuz you know it's like a it's like a switch on and off. It's like okay, now you're studying, now you need to get married, turn off that switch, now you got to get married and now On the switch to have kids, so it doesn't work like that. And unfortunately, with all this pressure, especially being South Asian, it is quite a pressure from all of our parents. And I'm sure you have it as well. And you know, we've already talked about egg freezing, and you know, all those pressures that come with being a female at a certain age. And you know, why are you not having kids? And you want to focus on having a career and being able to do all the things that you want to do and aspire to do. So it's a, it's definitely a challenge. How do you deal with it? you know, to each their own. And, you know, for some people don't want kids. I do want kids in the future, but I feel like right now is not the time. You know, we want to, if it happens, great. But, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, we both want to be parents and be able to have that new, unique feeling because being a parent is just like a whole other experience and you get to learn so much about yourself as a person and to be able to pass on those values to someone new. So obviously at some point in time, yes, but maybe
0: not now. Yeah. And I guess that's what you tell people, right? When they ask, you're like, yes, that's something I want. But, you know, maybe it's not something I can do right now, or it's something I'm working on. The same thing with me. People are like, don't you want to get married? And for many years, I was like, no, now I do. And it's something I'm working on. Right. And it's like people need to just worry about their own life. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Easier said than done when everyone's in your business. And I would say when you're brown. (laughs) when you're South Asian, it's it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now speaking of all of this, you're a psychiatrist, you're hearing this. I don't want to say it's a buzzword because it's a real thing, but we hear these words like toxic and, you know, positivity and mental health. And what do you think has happened? You know, why are we in a mental health pandemic? Why does everyone seem to be suffering from anxiety and depression? Because growing up, and I've said this in a previous podcast, I never heard the words toxicity or positive living or mental health. Like we didn't hear that stuff. What is going on? What do you think is going on as a physician?
1: Well, obviously, over the past two years, you know, we basically had something happen that brought the world to its knees. Um, It created a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety for people, people that were, you know, spending most of their lives outside of the house, getting away and basically using their work life as as an escape, all of a sudden had to deal with their problems at home. And we are social creatures by nature. And all of a sudden, you're told to social distance and not be social. So clearly, that's going to create a certain type of anxiety. It's not normal for people. And, you know, you want to have that ability to be able to see your friends, see your family. And all of a sudden, people that live on their own, you know, it's basically like solitary and confinement. And one of the worst punishments that they have in prison is solitary confinement. And that was what's happening. And, you know, you get, you know, I, I don't like to use the term stir crazy, but that kind of does happen.
0: Yes. And what would you say happens to the brain and the human body? In solitary confinement. So when you're in a lockdown, when you're home alone, what happens? So, you know, when you're in social circumstances, you know, your brain, when you're
1: around somebody that brings positive emotions, you know, you release oxytocin, these dopamine levels, and all these kinds of things are basically dysregulated when you're, when you are not being social, when you're basically on your own. So these kinds of things were depleted. And that's basically what's happening.
0: Yeah. And I would say in addition to the pandemic and COVID, I think technology and social media is another factor because we didn't have that growing up. You know, we're elder millennials. And I can't imagine growing up with TikTok or Instagram and having FOMO and seeing these perfectly curated lives online because no one's life is perfect. But I can't imagine being 14 or 13 and having social media. That is wild to me. I think that's another reason why so many people are facing anxiety and depression these days, because we've kind of created this unrealistic aesthetic on how your life should look like.
1: Exactly. And, you know, people see relationships on social media. Everything looks fun and um, they look like the relationship is in a very good place. But you never know what's happening behind the scenes. You know, it was a second that they saw this beautiful picture being taken, but you never know what's really happening deep down in that relationship. So everyone's always comparing themselves to others.
0: Yes. And every relationship has problems. If anyone's trying to show you that theirs doesn't, that's not true because we're human. <laughs> exactly. we're, we're, we all have problems and any family or any relationship or any human dynamic is going to have issues. 100%. It's a fact of life. And speaking of relationships, in your experience, what is the one problem, the number one problem in relationships with couples?
1: Well, you know, you work so hard to get into this relationship. And once you are in this good place, um, you're in a long-term committed relationship or you're married, you start neglecting and um, not really appreciating the person that you're with. And I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls that happens. You get this, to this comfort level and you don't feel like you need to put that effort in anymore into that relationship. And um, I think that's one of the worst things that can happen in a relationship because then, you know, that emotional connection is gone and your partner might start you know looking elsewhere for that vaginal connection. So, you know, honing in on that and kind of uh, learning, having some insight that, you know, behaviors are changing within this relationship. We need to work on things. So, you know, one of the things I I would recommend is, you know, once you're in a committed relationship, always let that person feel like, you know, you appreciate them. If they do something nice for you, make sure you let them know, you know, I really liked when you did this. And so it just creates this positive feedback loop. So it's like positive reinforcement. And that person's more likely to do something kind for you again and again. So Just showing that appreciation.
0: Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you. And I saw a statistic that most relationships that last, it's because the partner, the pair, the couple or whatever you want to call it, they listen to each other when they were communicating. And when I say listen to each other, it's like the small things. The example they gave was if someone's having lunch with their partner and their partner says, oh, look at the bird and the other person reacted that's what makes the relationship work whereas someone that says look at the bird and the other person's on their phone and didn't even respond or look up that's when the issues arise so i think it's the simple things too like just being present that you're with your partner and attending to them when you're with them and i you know i've i've been there we've all done this one with any relationship, right? With your family, your friends, your significant other. Half the time I've been on the phone when someone's talking, you know, that's, that's not the way to be. And we all do it. We all do it.
1: You know, you're out for brunch with your friends, your girls, and then, you know, you're on your phone and, you know, you just got to be present, be mindful of that situation, just be present.
0: Yes. I also saw on TikTok that a lot of psychiatrists, of course, on TikTok, I'm like, Nancy, on TikTok, they said the number one thing they see as well is that people are having affairs. And I think that goes back to your point that people fall apart. The relationship falls apart because you get lazy. A relationship is just like going to the gym or taking care of yourself or meditating. It, it needs constant work right? If you want results. Exactly. You got to put
1: in the effort.
0: Yeah. And why do people cheat? Why do you think people cheat? I'll give you why I think people cheat, but I'll let the doctor answer first.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, like I had mentioned that emotional connection, you know, there's a physical attraction and there's the emotional attraction as well. When you lose that, that's one of the reasons why. And then I, you know, some people may just have, you know, a natural tendency to seek that attention all the time. And that might not be healthy either. So we got to get a sense of what's going on deep down inside for that person. Why are they constantly needing this attention?
0: I agree with you. You said the key word, attention. I think a lot of people who cheat, it's because they seek attention because they weren't validated at some point in their life. And it's a trauma. And their way of dealing with that, feeling of being ignored some point in their life or not wanted mm-hmm. is to cheat it really has nothing to do with the person being cheated on that's i want people to, who are listening to understand that it's not you the problem is the cheater they have their own problems mm-hmm. they're projecting The person being cheated on just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time or is with someone that maybe hasn't worked on themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, this has nothing to do with you because a lot of times I know a lot of people, they blame themselves.
1: Yeah, it's the wrong thing. It's
0: not you. (laughs) For those of you listening, because a lot of people DM'd when I said, ask Dr. Nancy your questions, a lot of people are dealing with infidelity and it's really sad it's really sad but we're also living in a time now where I don't know what's real anymore like you said there's just so many options people's values are all over the place Mm -hmm. and it's just a weird time and as you heard in the previous podcast with our astrologer friend Julie she says it's because we're in Kaliug (laughs) She's like bad times like humans are bad (laughs) Some humans are good, like you. (laughs) That's why we have you on here. And
1: people have to realize there's no such thing as a quick fix. Your relationship isn't going well, there's not a quick fix. You got to put the work in and work on that relationship.
0: And perhaps seek therapy because that's another thing. You know, a lot of cultures, therapy, getting help, it's taboo. There's a stigma attached to it. Why should people go out there and get help? I think they should. Why do you think they should?
1: Definitely. Um, So, what Therapy does is there's a lot of misconceptions about therapy, and people might think that you know they're weak-minded or something along those lines. And there's just had this, tab- this taboo, but I think everyone needs to get therapy. This basically helps people to hone in on what patterns of behavior they're engaging in that might be problematic, and then you just become more insightful of your own patterns, and you get more cognizant of not engaging in these kinds of patterns, and you know, kind of a uh, on
0: what you can do to change yourself a little bit, to make yourself a better person. Absolutely. And speaking of becoming a better person, we all have our New Year's resolutions. I really don't like to have any like, oh, I'm going to the gym or whatever. But I'd like to say that I do decide on a theme for the year. So for example, in 2021, it was putting myself out there and dating, which you know, and you are pretty much part of that entire process. And this year, I want to put a focus on, you know, the home and building, you know, a stable home and a stable environment because I've kind of been all over the place. So a lot of people in the DMs, they said, you know, oh, you know, I have depression because I just hate myself or I don't like how I look or I'm learning on how to how to survive without living with my significant other or letting go and loving myself. And I noticed this general theme that as humans, like we said, we really rely on each other to feel good. And sometimes we need to rely on ourselves. Like we need to love ourselves because that's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are what are your tips?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, one thing is you need to be kind to yourself. Um, You need to be patient with yourself. A lot of people, you know, they get really down and hard on themselves. Things aren't going to change just overnight. Be patient. It's going to take one day at a time. So that's number one. You know, love yourself and be patient.
0: Yeah. And how do you deal with letting go of, you know, a person if you're no longer in a relationship? And codependency, you know, you're so used to being with this person and now you're not with them. What are ways to move on? Because I can tell you, I've been in this situation where, you know, I was with someone for such a long time and then it took me five years to just figure out who I am without this person. Mm -hmm. What are some tips out there for people? You know, everyone heals on their own time. I think 5 years is a little excessive and looking back I wish I didn't spend 5 years but that's the time I needed. What are some tips for people who are, you know, still learning to deal with the breakup?
1: So, you know, a breakup, you know, you've been in love with somebody and all of a sudden this loss of this relationship, you know, it's a it's a grieving process and grieving can take time and you have to take like I said one day at a time. You have to be kind to yourself and, you know, label the emotion that you're feeling. You're feeling sad, you're feeling down, label it, feel those emotions and allow yourself to feel those emotions. But try not to isolate. That's, I think, one of the things that people do do once, you know, they're out of a relationship, especially if it was a codependent relationship, you know, they've lost a lot of their support system, whether it be their, their friends, their family. So, you know, just kind of getting back into touch with the people that love you unconditionally. I think that's one of the most important things. And, you know, just taking one day at a time, feel those emotions, but also, you know, take that time to distract yourself with the friends and family that you have. Try a new activity, try something new for yourself, heal before you go stepping into something else. You need yeah to be I think healthy
0: a lot of people make that mistake right they don't heal and then they jump into the next relationship and then they're just like serial like relationship jumpers and I know it's the new year and I know it's cliche but I do think like you said r- label the feeling write things down and don't be afraid to feel what are your thoughts on journaling and writing things down I am a big advocate for journaling I you know
1: tell my patients to do this all the time as well. Sometimes just having a neutral place to put all of your thoughts, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to release. You may not be able to verbalize it to others, but then you can write it in your journal.
0: Yes. And I really appreciate the time you've spent because I know you're so busy on, you know, being with us today. And thank you also personally, as a friend, guys, Nancy has been there for me, probably in some of the lowest points, That I've experienced in the past year. And I think you're an amazing friend and an amazing doctor. Thank you so much for being here. And do you have a message for the listeners, a positive message before you leave?
1: I think uh, one of the takeaways from today be kind to yourself. Let yourself heal when you are going from one relationship, and especially a long term committed relationship. Be kind to yourself. That's the number one thing that people should take away from today.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.